You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, kind sir, how are you? I am in between a rock and a hard place. Here's why. It's Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I'm a Lions fan. Oh, boy. Not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Dalton's starting. <laughs> we take so Andy that. Dalton at this point. And that's true. Andy Dalton would be the best quarterback you've had since, well, I mean Stafford, but you know, it, it already feels like decades since Stafford has been a Lion to me for somehow. It does. Uh, it what, feels did you, that way. what did you make of the beginning of the Tim Boyle era? It was everything I thought it would be, which is forgettable. Because what mm. uh, was just what can we expect outside of more conservative play with a higher risk of uh, lack of execution? Yeah, yeah, I uh, just a forgettable game in general too. The the Brown stuff is interesting because Baker is clearly very hurt, mm-hmm. and it seems like. For a team that spends seven million dollars on their backup quarterback in Case Keenum, who is one and zero when asked to play the season, maybe let him play. Maybe just go ahead and sit out the guy if you're trusting in him long term. Anyways, sit him out. You brought in, you sign a guy like Case Keenum for these moments, and then he actually has proven to get a game, to steal a game, and so. Right now, it's there's got to be something between coach-player relationship where uh, there's a little bit too much um, respect in that relationship towards the QB, I think. Yeah, more and more unwarranted as we go along. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> and, and it's just like Baker's not only hurting the team, he's hurting himself because his numbers are terrible. And, you know, he's looking for that contract extension this offseason. Yeah, no one's getting better. The team isn't doing that great. I mean, you're beating teams like the Lions. Uh, eventually, eventually it's going to catch up to you physically and on the field as far as uh, wins go. So as much as you want to put film down, I guess, or show that you're tough for this contract, I feel yeah. like you're overdoing It's overkill. It looks like they, they rock with you. It looks like they really want you. The Browns want you to be their quarterback for another three years, possibly. So. Sit it down, man, and, and, and do the um the other thing you could do that's wise is be that mental leader and just r- run with that. Instead of the whiny little jerk who hides in the locker room instead of talking to the media. And has your wife uh, tweet out, oh, don't talk bad about Baker. Yeah, Emily's not great. <laughs> yeah. She's not great. That is a person. Oh, my God. Um. That is a person who we've seen plenty as uh, as someone who is Browns adjacent. And uh, yeah, she just, I mean, I know we live in the era of social media, but just shut up. Yeah. Shut up sometimes. Yeah, just zip it. Zip it. Uh, Thanksgiving week. We have a lot to talk about. I've got BavadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. And uh, week 12 in the National Football League? Week 12 already? That's utterly insane but perhaps uh perhaps equally importantly and granted not as important as it would have been should uh would the 
outcome have been different of a, a game last week, <laughs> but Michigan State's got a pretty important game this weekend against Penn State. And this is one of the craziest lines I've seen in a while, Mario Hines. Feels like an overreaction to me, but what the hell do I know? Penn mm-hmm. State heads to Michigan State, number 12, Michigan State. And Michigan State, the one-point underdog. Oh. Oh. I, what is, like, what is Bavada thinking? Is this... Is this is this an overreaction? Penn State's not even ranked. And Knife in my back on the road. Knife in my back, Bavada. Knife in my damn back because I get it. I get how bad defensively Michigan State looked. I completely understand. Can we please, for the sake of everything good, understand that Penn State has nowhere near the level of one offensive playmaking talent. They have they have a couple guys that, that are going to play Jahan on Sundays. Dotson. They have a couple of guys that are going to play on Sundays. Dotson is definitely one. Two, though. Two. The offensive execution is nowhere near as That's prolific. Accurate. So, I mean, given the talent or whatever, we can out-scheme Penn State, which was going to be the thing anyways, whether, we, uh, whether Michigan State beat Ohio State or not, that we were going to scheme win this game anyways. And keep the ball on the ground and that's what's going to happen so everybody that's not feeling overly uh disappointed from last saturday's residue keep your money on michigan state and win um and win some Uh, yeah i mean so you're saying they are gonna run the ball a little bit this week because uh i don't remember seeing too much of that from uh from Michigan State a week ago, and I know that that game got ugly quick, but Kenneth Walker, you have to assume his Heisman hopes were dashed in a six-carry, twenty-five-yard performance. Oh man, it, it was it was a squashing and squandering of so many dreams and expectations in one moment. K Dub, that's what I call Kenneth Walker in my private time. Mm. K Dub, he. he he, ha- he he didn't stand a chance, man, and I get it. And I, kudos, I guess, to the staff uh, for protecting him in the long term, I suppose. I just would have liked to seen uh, more of a, look, get your get your numbers, and we're going to trust that you keep yourself healthy type of thing. Um, just on some, like, so it's it's a weird, it's a coin flip of, like, you're, you're doing a good job as a coach taking care of your player, but on the other end, you could be taking care of him if you know that, yeah, you're not going to make a playoff, but having a Heisman Trophy finalist is just as exciting mm-hmm. for, you know, the school atmosphere and for the the culture and stuff like that. So I was I was a little bit disappointed in that. And for the recruiting, for sure. And for the recruiting, man. Uh what happens if what happens if Michigan State loses this weekend? They lose to an unranked Penn State team giving them 3 on the season. Is there a chance they tumble out of the top 25? Oh, if Michigan State loses to Penn State, depending on the fashion, but if they lose to Michigan State, uh, Penn State, they'll be 20-something off top. Depending on the fashion, they could. I don't know if you're going to drop 18 spots, but, I mean, um, 13, 16 spots, but I just, ugh, ugh. 14, I, 14. Yeah, 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 yeah. Long day. Um, no, I get it. I get it. But I'm, So they'll be, they'd be 6-3 and three in that scenario. Penn State would be 5-4. and four. It's one of those weird things where... You know, Penn State just beat Michigan State, so even though they have a worse record, you argue that they could be ranked higher. Ugh. 
It's, uh, yeah, I don't, this has been quite the fall from grace for Sparty after that. It seems like that Michigan win was the season. Yeah, I think there was a little, me included, I think there was a little bit too much spice on the Michigan game. Uh, I don't know how I can say to anyone's fault. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think overall Michigan is pretty overrated. And so going into that game with as highly as respected as Michigan was to add to the rivalry, you're like, this is it. This is how we're going to prove. This is the game we're going to prove that we belong in the top 10 and playoff discussion. You you, you pinpoint that game and you forget. <laughs> you forget that uh, you've got to carry that momentum and that now you're the target. Uh, and and that's easier said or easier understood than, than done and, and executed in a long season. So I think expectations got a little too high after the Michigan game. And... Um, you know, these are still college athletes, so yeah, that's that's the one part about it. Yeah, um, the expectations got too high, and I mean, this Michigan State's not Alabama or Clemson right. or or Georgia or you, you know even Ohio State just yet, but it is unquestionably an ascending program. They're uh, headed in the right direction, and they just took a little detour in the wrong direction for the last couple of weeks. That's all. GPS just got a little scrambled. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. It happens. Maybe they maybe they flexed and brought the Tesla instead of the more Ooh, manageable car. To, yeah, that's what, that just, was, it, it wasn't working right. It's a Michigan. It's a Michigander uh, impulse, and that you have to scale yourself back and be more practical. And now somebody's electric bill is gonna be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just spreading <laughs> spreading the village. <laughs> suing. I'm absolutely suing. Um, yeah, not. Kind of a, a slower week in the NFL. We have we've got this short week here with this utterly forgettable Thanksgiving Day triple header. Mm. Uh, couldn't have could not have scheduled that worse if they would have tried. Would have been like I feel like there was I know look the Lions play on Thanksgiving and that's cool and all that. Why not Why not at least have it had been the Lions Browns game, which early looked like it was going to be interesting. Why not just schedule this a little better? Because there is nothing like the Cowboys Raiders game is the most interesting game on Thanksgiving, I guess. Yeah. Sticking with the Lions Bears, it's like the naming, you know, the surrounding, you know, Lions Bears is supposed to be a thing. I actually think Mm -hmm. that the Bears fans have some type of still inner excitement with fields and just seeing what he's going to look like week to week and all that. Um, so maybe well, they he's on the bench. He, he's hurt. He's got oh yeah. You're right. going to watch right. Andy, Andy Dalton Dole, play. Andy so Dole. who cares? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just forgot that. Just remember <laughs> yeah. what a t- I'll be up watching, but what a, I can't even say because I have to, I have to walk the streets of Detroit, but uh, okay. So great. Cowboys don't have their, their receivers, their top receivers. CD CD apparently may play this week. That's scary, but uh, if he yeah. does, that that will help in the entertainment factor. I think the the who's going to win is a foregone conclusion, which I'll get to later in the show. Yeah, well, th- th- that's that's a pro right there. Good job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Way to way to not give the uh, the milk away too early. No, 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 can't do that. Can't do that. But I mean, I actually. There's some, there's some twinge of, of are the Cowboys as good as we think they are, they say they are still left for this day. If I was going to try to find a silver lining. I wonder why that third game is, is New Orleans Buffalo, because I mean, 
historically the teams that you know the lions the packers the cowboys they play on thanksgiving and that that packers rams game would have been a fun one yeah i don't know why they didn't choose that i like that matchup i can't wait to watch that matchup uh for many reasons but uh i mean also though if you think about it with the saints flip a coin but the bills the bills were 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 set to be a fun team to watch yeah that's fair but but we knew the Saints were probably not gonna be. Yeah, yeah. That's the, and maybe we thought we'd get that late late uh, night drudging from the exciting Bills who may be taking the Chiefs' place. Maybe that's that were the heads of the schedule makers. Yeah, or potentially Drew Brees could be back by now. <laughs> or, or yeah, imagine though if the, if they were like, well, we've got insider info that Drew is not sure if he's gonna retire. <laughs> and that's what helped uh, schedule this game. Well, Phil Rivers said he would have answered the phone, and uh, it seems like that phone call was never made. It was never made. I would have actually uh, made the call myself, to be honest. Uh, speaking of Phil's, I saw that Philip Lindsay signed with the Dolphins today after being cut by Houston in a relatively forgettable 10 games there, 50 carries, 130 yards, 2.6 a touch, one touchdown. Mm. What a weird situation that this guy finds himself in. I mean, those first two years, I mean, Pro Bowler as an undrafted rookie in 2018, uh, 1,037 yards and uh, nine touchdowns, kind of a workhorse running back uh, even as a smaller guy for Denver in 2019 plays 16 games 224 carries for a thousand yards and another seven scores then things catch up to him a little bit only 502 yards in, uh, in 11 games and a 4.3 a clip one touchdown doesn't end up going back to Denver kind of an afterthought in free agency mm-hmm. winds up in Houston that team's a disaster do you think is this just is this one of those guys who just like burned bright at the beginning and now it's just kind of done? Or is there more to the Philip Lindsay career? Does he have the second act possible in Miami? I am hard pressed to say yes, not as a shot to Lindsay, but as a case study for how it typically goes in this league, man. Yeah. And it's really not even a testament to your overall talent as much as it is that, you know, one, you can be schemed against. To where you're at in in the the process of a certain organization, all those things have to align. And if you're not absolutely one, a amazing amazing athlete or mm-hmm. and or football player, you also have to be in the good graces slash a favorite of any one coaching staff. And I don't think Lindsey fell falls into any one of those categories. Add to that that he's a damn running back, and you get yeah. what we get right now. Well, not only is he a running back, but he's a running back who was very old coming into the NFL. He was 24 that rookie season. Oh. So while he, while he is only four seasons in, he's already 27. Yeah. And that, yeah. Yeah. So that could actually uh, give. Might as well retire. I, I, not too far-fetched. <laughs> that, that gives credence to the, the free agency thing. It's like if you're looking at who to sign, you as a running back, you're going to always check the age, kick the tires. Yeah, not a great room, though. So I feel like there is some opportunity there. Miles Gaskin, apparently, the, the starting running back in Miami. Duke Johnson, the two. And then, you know, Lindsey should get a chance. Duke Johnson. Oh, Duke man. Johnson is one of the weirdest case studies mm-hmm. of a running back that I've ever seen. Literally, 
the all-time leading rusher at the at, at Miami, Florida, and beating guys like Clinton Portis and Willis McGahee and all of those incredible running backs who came before, gets to the NFL and just isn't an effective running back. He it just loses the ability to run the ball mm-hmm. well. It's crazy. I don't get it because he has the thing. He's a he's the ultimate slasher type. He's he's Clinton yeah. Portis. Uh, with a little bit more long speed, uh, and, and let, let's let's not forget that Clinton was a, a burst. Um, but I just don't get it, and maybe he caught on while the league was slightly shifting. I have no idea, mm-hmm. but yeah, he never he never um he didn't even dominate in the one area where he could have made an extra impact, which is catching the ball. He never flipped the switch and be just became such a dominant. You know, in the Alvin Kamara. You know, frame. Yeah, I mean that that is a a challenging area to get yourself into. Um, Duke did have seventy four catches his uh, twenty seventeen season in in Cleveland, but only six hundred ninety three yards and three scores. So that's you know you never anytime you catch the ball seventy four times in the NFL you had a very good season, especially when you were not a wide receiver. Right. But that's a lot of checkdowns. That is so many checkdowns, and more of a testament to what the hell was going on in Cleveland at the time. Oh, 2017, the Cleveland Browns—they were pretty good, right? Mm, I think See, they I were more to surprised. Think that 2017 Browns team was pretty good. They were the surprise team. They were—they were fun. They were fun, actually. Yeah, they were. That might have been the 0 16 year. Yeah, they were. They were. I don't <laughs> want. Yeah, that uh, 2017 was in fact the 0 16 year with yeah. with Hugh Jackson. That was a good time. Uh, the, their expected win loss was they should have won 3.3 wins <laughs> given. So that didn't happen. Uh, good strength schedule. Defensive coordinator was Greg Williams. Al Saunders on that staff. Hugh sabotaged them, by the way. What's that? Hugh sabotaged them. That was a sabotage job. Well, he, I don't know that he did so consciously. I think it was more so just be with his incompetence and his, his un, undeserved arrogance. That was, that was the thing. It, he was the hardest guy to root for because he thought he was smarter than everybody else. And he, he just thought he was so clever and that he knew better. And then you have, you have, uh, some like redneck running back coach calling him out on, on uh, hard knocks that one year. And then. That guy ended up being the head coach a couple of years later in Freddie Kitchens. Now Kitchens takes over the offensive coordinator spot in uh, in New York with Jason Garrett fired. Wow. So, Great yeah, segue, man. Um, mediocrity finds a way to just continue floating to the top of the bowl. Yeah, press on. Mediocrity presses on. Football is a funny thing because, like, once you get in, you're in and you have to... You you kind of have to prove you don't belong instead of proving you belong in the in the coaching world. That's so you you should write a book just based on that simple two sentence structure. That is it. That is the thing. You could just give example after example because that is absolutely it. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at this week in the National Football League. Uh, let me pull this over. I have the college lines up at Bavada in front of me. We want the uh, National Football League <laughs> odds. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, you know where we're starting, man. Okay. You know where we're starting. Thanksgiving, tomorrow, 1230 Eastern Time. The Chicago Bears head to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Bavada's got the Lions plus Three at home. Chris, 
This is set up to be the only Lions win of the season. It's set up. Not anywhere on the field. Not anywhere on the field. Not anywhere near the football. Well, I can't say anywhere because the the stalemate I wish the Lions are playing is is a team that is hard to to beat that comes ready to play and fight. They just have no weapons. So it's like Mm -hmm. they will scratch your eyes out until you choke them out of their misery. But yeah, this Thanksgiving atmosphere, you know, kind of under the radar, not under the radar, just not good team. And then there's Andy Dalton who hasn't played um, significant football in quite a while. And he's not going to pressure you defensively in any way. So that is an understatement. Although, do you do you think that there's any change in his game now that he's coming off the bench and he has to prove that maybe he is still worth being a starting quarterback in the NFL? You think so? You think that, but he didn't do it in Dallas. So I think that's that. That and, and and good point. I just think that we've we've been shown that that won't that won't be the case. So I think the Lions still lose, but I'm I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with being wrong here. I'm okay with being wrong here. Give me the Bears, though. Yeah, the Lions currently have a comfortable one and a half game lead over the Jets and the Jaguars and the Texans uh, for the number one overall pick in a draft where you don't really care if you have the number one overall pick. Yeah, not even not even uh, something you greatly desire. It's not. Uh, it's it's probably not as bad as the. The draft where Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel, <laughs> and and uh, then Lane Johnson ended up going one, two, three. By the way, think about that. How crazy is it that we saw offensive tackles go one, two, three in the draft? Two of them basically giant busts. Yeah, we're not even playing ball, not playing good ball. It, I have to look back at that and see what where everything else fell, and and, and if anything, uh, if any we're talking, was, you think we're not talking about it. We're definitely talking about it. I'm please, looking it up right please. now. Please, I need to know. Somebody had to rise to the top. There had to be some type of under-evaluation. Give me something. Yeah, this this feel, feels like the Anthony Bennett draft in football where, and basketball where mm-hmm. like uh, where Giannis won 11. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, okay, so I was wrong. Mm. Uh, Lane Johnson went four, not three. I should have known that as an Eagles fan. Let me Let me read this draft off to you, sir. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs take Eric Fisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not great, but he's, you know, he's 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 an adequate football player. Mm-hmm. You want better out of the number one pick, but he's Eric Fisher's still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars take Luke Jokel with the number two pick. That's that's just horrible. Mm-hmm. The Miami Dolphins, and, and uh, let this perhaps be a cautionary tale, take a defensive end from Oregon, <laughs> number three overall, Deion Jordan. Mm-hmm. He That was a colossal bust. Mm-hmm. Number four, the Philadelphia Eagles select a, Oklahoma offensive tackle Lane Johnson. Former tight end. Your Detroit Lions take Ziggy Ansa. That was a good pick. Front number five. It was a good pick. Especially when you consider the next pick was the Browns taking Barkevious Mingo <laughs> out of LSU. Yeah. Uh, Kiki Mingo, not a good football player. The seventh pick, the Cardinals take Jonathan Cooper, the offensive guard from North Carolina Ooh. who never figured it out. The number eight pick, the Rams take Tavon Austin, oh wide receiver gosh. from West Virginia, the first receiver selected. Number nine, the New York Jets take D. Milner, oh corner, my Alabama, wiped out. Number 10, the Tennessee Titans take Chance Warmack, offensive guard, no, Alabama, J- just stuck. Uh, number 11, the San Diego Chargers, Al- Al- Alabama again. Offensive tackle DJ Fluker had his moments, mm-hmm, but... Mm-hmm. 
never hit the Pro Bowl. Mm. Uh, number 12, the Oakland Raiders selected Houston cornerback DJ <laughs> Hayden. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so we've got, we've got three good players out of the top 12 at this, this point. Um, the Jets come back again. They take Sheldon Richardson. That's at least a good pick mm-hmm. from Missouri. Panthers come up and take star Lutalele, defensive tackle oh, from okay. Utah. Okay. Uh, okay, okay, but not like not a home run by any stretch. But no. hey, given what we've seen before, it's probably like an A-plus comparative. Yeah, because he was in Rookie of the Year talks at the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro goes 15 to the Saints. Jesus. EJ Manuel, 16, I and the first played. quarterback selected to the Buffalo Bills. The Pittsburgh Steelers select Jarvis Jones, linebacker <laughs> from Georgia. Uh, Eric Reed, an interesting case, mm. is uh, goes 18 to the 49ers. Good player, but mm-hmm. there's some other stuff. Um, the Giants take Justin Pugh, who was the son of uh, the son of the old ball coach there at that at that point, mm-hmm. son-in-law. Um, the Bears take Kyle Long. Yeah, good run here, Kyle Long. Tyler Eifert, okay. Desmond Trufant. Okay. Uh, then you have Sharif Floyd go to the Vikings. Mm. Bjorn Werner, the big <laughs> defensive end out of Florida yeah. State, goes to the Colts. Uh, let's see. We're, the rest of the first round, Xavier Rhodes, Dayton Jones, a uh, little, little not-too-known player here by the name of DeAndre Hopkins, goes 27. <laughs> uh, Sylvester Williams, 28. Cordero Paris, Patterson, 29. Alec Ogletree, 30, Travis Frederick, 31, Matt Elam, 32. After that, uh, guys like Zach Ertz, Darius Slay, Kawan Short, Le'Veon Bell, Jamie Collins, Eddie Lacy, Travis Kelsey, Larry Warford, Tyron Matthew, Teron Armstead, Keenan Allen, Jordan oh, Reed, okay. Brandon Williams, David Bakhtiari, Kyle Juszczyk, and Micah Hyde are selected. Oh, bizarre world. First, You flip-flop the first and second round, and you've got something. Yeah, I mean, all those guys weren't... Some of those guys were threes and fours, but there was enough talent in three and four that, you know, probably better than anybody. I mean, I guess New, New Hopkins, probably the best player taken in this draft, I would say. Yeah. Um, but he goes 27. Who's the best quarterback in this draft? That's an interesting. That is. I forgot EJ Manuel. It's always the ball. the mark of uh, of a draft. Manuel one, Geno Smith two, Mike Glennon three, Matt Ooh. Barkley four. God, I, I was so excited when they took Matt Barkley. Why? It was the Chip Kelly era. Matt Barkley could have been like the number four pick in the draft the year before that. Went back to USC and uh, kind of stock kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Nassib went after him, Tyler Wilson after him, Landry Jones after him, Brad Sorensen after him, Zach Dyson, BJ Daniels, yeah, Daniels, and stop. Sean Renfrey. <laughs> um, notable undrafteds include Jeff Toole. So, is I don't know, Geno Smith the best quarterback in this draft? Probably, yeah. right? Geno Smith, you would say better career than EJ Manuel. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say the the name that sticks out there who's still, I think, a backup somewhere is Landry Jones, no? No, Landry oh. Jones was in the XFL. Oh, that's where I saw his name. But yeah, it has to be. Like Michael, Mike Glennon was kicking around. He was. Not he was good. two years ago, but yeah, he wasn't good. Oh, well. That's a. The traps are weird. Yeah. Is it Nuke or is it Travis Kelsey, the best player in that draft? I mean, 
I think I, mean, I think I think Luke's the better but, player. I think the value and the whatever. All I mean, it's harder to be the best wide receiver in the league than the best tight end. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like when you obviously Kelsey's always up for the best tight end, but Luke's been the top top three receiver for the last five six years. So I will go. I will go with a Hopkins. So what I'm saying is good luck in uh, good luck in April. Yeah, it's just reminiscent, man. Reminiscent. Yeah, but plenty of time to talk about that. Let's talk about the uh, Las Vegas Raiders who head to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys in the middle of the Thanksgiving triple header. And Bavada has the Cowboys minus seven and a half. Right. So the Cowboys are going to win this game. They looked like pure dog aroma um, mm. and last week and still hung tight against a team that we're crowning again, I guess, as back, which <laughs> I think the media just doesn't know what to do with the Chiefs at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Uh, but give me the Cowboys here who, you like you said earlier, if they get Lamb back, uh, that adds to the umph that they'll have um, and not necessarily need to beat this team, this Raiders team. Mm. But the Raiders, the, the, they've transformed back to what we thought, or at least I thought they would be um, as David Carr normalizes a bit what he's typically um, come halfway through the season. So give me the Cowboys here. That team is tough because they just had so, 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 so much to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. On top of that, on top of everything. Yeah. They still have a lot. I think still probably so a lot going on internally. For sure. For sure. How how could there not be? How can that many crazy things? happen in one year and the team just kind of like moves on and, and cauterizes that wound. There's no way because these are friends of guys, you know, we, and, and that, and that, you know, those are, those are people that you, you're changing the way you live your life. So it obviously is going to impact the football side of things. And and I mean, add to the fact that I think they were a team that you could figure out sooner or later anyways, um, as, as high volume as their passes to Waller have been. So, yeah. I, I do think you're right in that in a world where fantasy football is so popularized and these guys are just like characters for us to, to own and control that the average fan forgets about the human aspect of the football. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like David Carr, it might be, and, and this is me being guilty of that, Chris, David Carr mm-hmm. might be the impacted the most uh, as a person whose faith makes him or endears him to quote unquote all people um, and is mm-hmm. willing to publicly stand on that and add to the fact that one of the guys was, I'm sure someone he's been taking invested interest in at least professionally. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, combine the multiple changes and he's probably as much impacted, you know, game planning wise as he is like, fuck man, I, I hope, you know, <laughs> I hope Henry's okay. Or I hope whatever it could be, you know? Yeah, for sure. They are, they are people, not just, uh, not just robots. Yeah. So it's hard. The Buffalo Bills travel to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. And uh, Pavada's got the Saints plus six at home. Yeah, a little respect to the Saints there. A little, uh, I guess, nerves on what the Bills are doing defensively. They are not, I repeat, they are not um, getting to the quarterback. They are not protecting the edges on the in the run game. So now, yeah. you know, you think you think the Saints have a chance, and that actually means they do. But give me, um, if I'm taking 
either team on a short week. I'm going to take the Bills where talent wins over everything else. You can't get overly prepared and uh, you got guys matchup versus, versus matchup, then give me the Bills. The Atlanta Falcons head to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, Bavada's got the Jaguars by two at home. Yeah, Falcons figuring out that they still have a lot of work to do. The Jags have scored, what, 10 points in each max yeah. in each game, last three games or whatever. So the Falcons, mm-hmm. if you can put up if you can put up 14, which you will, you'll win this game. I think they put up uh, at least 17. So give me the Falcons. The let's see, let's see, let's see. My uh, the old computers being a problem for me. Uh-oh. Cam Newton and those Carolina Panthers head to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins. Bavada has the Dolphins plus two at home. Yeah, if not for the lack of playmakers that the Dolphins have slash don't have, this would be a tougher game to predict, tougher game to call. Kudos to Cam for energizing the entire organization for the last two weeks. You can see the difference. Um, it's yeah. not impacting the defense <laughs> at all. Um, so it's really battle of wills versus you know Cam Newton's offensive energy and the ability to add to the run game versus Miami's you know kind of stout run uh, defense the past uh, you know a uh, couple of games. But give me. The Panthers here to finally get over that, that get through that hump, um, and give me the Panthers to beat the Dolphins, who can't keep up scoring. For sure, I uh, I can't imagine that that's not right. I can't imagine that you're you're wrong on this one. The New York Football Jets head to Houston to take on the Houston Texans, and Bavada's got the Texans minus two and a half at home. Yeah, uh, Tarot comes back, does his best. Uh, Patriots Cam Newton impression last week with a hundred and something yards passing, but two very important rushing TDs. I think the team is feels better when he's at quarterback. And um, that's recipe for a win against this Jets team who I don't even know who's starting at quarterback. Uh, it's Zach Wilson. Oh, young Zach's man. back. Young man. They're definitely going to lose. So give me, <laughs> give me the Texans here to, to, to hit that line. Beginning of a uh, beginning of a run here. The Philadelphia Eagles head to New York to take on the New York Football Giants. Freddie Kitchens and the New York Football Giants, and Bavada's got the Giants plus three and a half at home. Yeah, a little bit too much respect to the Giants for me. I think Bavada's doing a thing where they're leveling out what we're seeing in Philly. I'm about to go the to the extreme, of course, because of my awesome co-host. Uh, you found your quarterback. You don't even have to worry about it. I, first of all, I'm wondering who this co-host is. S- second of all, ah, man, I wish I was as confident as you are. I, I think, I think Jalen is a poor man's Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. and I just wonder what happens when defenses start mi- forcing him play nine in the box, force him to throw the ball, and, and just go from there. But that's not what they're doing right now. The Eagles had 50 carries for 242 yards last week, threw the ball 24 times. So as long as teams are letting them do that, things will go well. If teams start taking that away, it's going to get interesting quick. It is going to get interesting quick, and you can bet you can bet Jalen's response. I think one of his greatest assets is uh, also one of the things that makes him uh, – 
you know, fail in, in, in terms of game management. And that's his over willingness to make the play or be the leader. Um, so when it's yeah. when it's time for him to pass the ball and, and, and they're daring him to pass, he proudly stands up to the challenge, even when he's not prepared, whether it be technically sound preparation or fully understanding what he's seeing. I don't think the Giants present that problem this week, though. So give me the Eagles here to continue this. Uh, maybe you call it a fun little ride right now. I I did see a crazy stat earlier where I think it's since 2020, uh, Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley have exactly the same number of carries, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns. <laughs> that is, I think I saw that same thing. It's so disrespectful. But stats are stats, man. The data's there. Stats are stats. Yeah, I mean, it, look, I I loved Saquon coming out of Penn State. I, I hated that he was a giant, but he has not been good of late. Yeah, I don't, it's hard. It's hard. When you don't build that momentum as a running back, two things happen. Uh, your team doesn't know exactly how to get that rhythm back in today's league yeah. especially. And you don't have a flow for the game, which, again, your touches are a bit more limited. You have to impact the game very quickly as a running back. So I think I'm not going to call it a bust, but it's it's going to take a uh, reimagining um, to get him to get him back at a scary level for any defense. You can tell me if if you're if I'm wrong, if you see something different. I see a guy who does not trust his body is going to stay healthy. He doesn't want to get hurt. He absolutely doesn't want yeah. to get hurt. And he's it's it's pretty clear that he does not want to miss time or he does not want to go full, like blinding, I believe in myself so much, uh, stick my foot in the ground type of running. Yeah, I don't see it anymore. Or at least he had right one now. of the great... Yeah. And, you know, people figure it out. Guys regain confidence, but... He had one of the great rookie seasons of all time. You know, 1,300 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns, 91 catches for another 700 yards and four scores. He looked like he was the running back in football as a rookie. And then, you know, since then he has uh, 1,250 yards rushing in three seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I mean, it's, it's hard to do the whole across the career thing because he missed so much time. So it's very specific. But... He's not making up for it. And no. how much time does he have? That's And that's just the real question. How much time are we giving him plus how much time does he actually have? Well, I mean, his contract status is going to be an interesting one because he, I, I'm guessing he's up for that rookie extension at this point. I'm looking it up right now, but I mean, mm-hmm. I he was... He signed a four-year with the Giants, including blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Saquon. He, 2022 is the last year of his contract. So next year is the last year. I guess they're just playing wait and see, which is, I guess, makes sense for the Giants because you don't really want to commit to this guy and have him be David Johnson cooked. Yep. But at the same time, like... That doesn't exactly uh, endear your organization to your to the football player. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see where this pans out. He may be a second life guy, 
second team guy, which I would like to maybe in the Marshawn Lynch category, if I had to think of one at the, off the top of my head. Marshawn's had a lot more than one and two lives. Yeah, right, right, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm because he's so talented. I'm not willing to just write it off. Uh, so it's interesting to see. Yeah, he was in that. He was in that draft with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Denzel Ward. Uh, so in fairness, I guess a lot of these guys haven't gotten their extensions yet. I think Josh Allen did. Uh, Minka got his. I think Quentin Nelson got paid, but yeah. I don't think uh, good old slinging Sammy Darnold hasn't gotten the mega extension just yet. <laughs> I don't think so. It's coming, though. It's coming. Must. I'm, I'm saying $48 million a year from the Panthers. <laughs> highest, paid quarter, highest paid quarterback in football. <sighs> bad, oh, bad, no. <laughs> and this is after Cam leads them to like a solid rest of the season. Semi-solid. Hey, you're all going to be shocked. Shock the world, Sammy. Shock the world. The Pittsburgh Steelers head to Cincinnati to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, and Bavada has the Bengals minus four and a half at home. Yeah, I'm all in on this Bengals team in the way the Steelers are playing football. And what I mean by that is how they're coming in week to week, letting up a bunch of points, um, not really uh, being able to stop anyone, but also kind of keeping up. Um, I think that mm-hmm. favors the Bengals in their playing style. So give me the Bengals here to win uh, a, a very important, very important um, division matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts, and Bavada's got the Colts plus three at home. Ooh, this Colts team, man, they just don't really care who they're playing, you know? Yeah. And I respect that. Five touchdowns. Yeah, it's a lot of touchdowns, but who I don't care because the Buccaneers, you know, like I said, Tom Brady is a master at, you know, the ebb and flow of peaking at the right time and a master class last week. I think that continues this week. Give me the Bucks. The Tennessee Titans travel to New England to take on the New England Patriots. Maybe the the hottest team in football all of a sudden. And uh, Bavada's got the Patriots minus seven at home. Interesting game for me just because... The Titans are doing just enough on both sides of the ball uh, to win games that they should win or even maybe win games that they shouldn't. Um, But they lost one they shouldn't. And I think that that speaks more to truly who they are, whereas the Patriots are trending upward. uh, And I like what I see because it's that the same kind of ball that's hard to beat. So give me the Patriots here to kind of reestablish their positioning in the AFC. The Los Angeles Chargers head mm-hmm. to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. And Bavada has the Broncos plus three at home. Yeah, Broncos on the uptick as well, especially defensively coming off a of bye week. More guys healthy. Uh, I actually think that works against them uh, for a team like the Chargers who, with Herbert, are streaky. And mm-hmm. um, the streaky offense uh, put up just the right amount of points to win Last Monday, uh, Sunday, and they'll do it again. They'll do it again uh, and put up all the points necessary. Sorry, Broncos, but um, give me the Chargers here. Good game. The We talked about it earlier. The L.A. Rams head to Green Bay to take on my Green Bay Packers. And Bavada has my Packers minus a point at home. Ooh, man, this one's hard because both teams need this bad, but the Rams need it better. 
the Rams need it so much worse. And I think that's going to pop out. Um, and the Packers offensive line, I just don't think uh, is healthy enough right now to uh, sustain four quarters against this Rams D line. So give me the Rams to get the win they so desperately need. The Minnesota Vikings head to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco 49ers. And uh, Bavada has the 49ers minus three at home. Yeah, the tale of two teams that just won't go away. <laughs> like yeah. they are really persistent, uh, especially the Vikings who are finding life uh, and uh, they're winning on the road. So they're stealing uh, road wins, home wins from teams. So I think they continue to do that uh, from the Niners here who Colt McCoy can't keep doing this, can he? No. no. Well, I mean, Colt McCoy's a... Uh... Cole McCoy's a, a is a cardinal. Oh, the so. yeah. Who's who's? Oh, um, Forty Nineers. Forty. Jesus. Well, anyway, same deal. Same. Yeah. Deal. Garoppolo can't. Garoppolo can't do it. Give me the Vikings. The Cleveland Browns, who get Kareem Hunt and Jack Conklin back this week, head to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Bavada has the Ravens minus three and a half. Does not matter who the Browns are getting. Uh, as it levels out and you would think it would matter but the ravens the ravens are now playing more reminiscent to um two seasons ago uh coming in the second half of the season where it's a grit 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 w uh and uh in a division Mm -hmm. game where you're the better team clearly that formula works so give me the ravens here our final game, Monday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks head to Washington to take on the Washington football team. And Bavada's got the football team minus a point at home. I'm taking me and Bavada. We're there. You know, this is this is making up for that uh, Michigan State Penn State line. Uh, this football <laughs> team, <laughs> the football team. I, I, I wasn't a Heineke guy. I decided to pay yeah. closer attention last week. Um, they get they get um, Thomas back, and so uh, man, I think they can actually duke things. On offense, they're actually, you know, and the Seahawks sputter have been sputtering too much to for a team with the offensive confidence of the football team to beat them. So actually, give me Washington here to win by I think ten. What? Mm-hmm. All right, that is it for the Week Twelve National Football League schedule, and for our show right here for Mario Hines, I'm Chris Horwell. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we will see you back here next time.